Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. today. We're going to dive into the word today. So thank you, worship team. I'm going to have you guys stay standing to your feet. We're going to continue in our series. This is we last week we talked about we have calloused hands. How many of all have calloused hands in this place? Come on, I got some calloused hands. I believe it. I'm going to put my hand to the plow. I'm not going to look back. And today we're going to continue in our sermon series. This is we and we're going to be opening up our Bibles. If you have your Bible, let me see it lifted up in the air. Come on, I like it, I like it. Bring your Bible to church. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Lord. God will speak to you through the Word of God. And we're going to open up the First John, chapter 1. It's towards the end of the Bible. First John, chapter 1. We're going to be reading out of the NIV version today. It's, I don't necessarily think you have to have a particular version of the Bible. If you love King James more power to you. If you love the NIV, NLT, right? I like to read a di- bunch of different translations. I grew up on the NIV, more specifically the 1986 version of the NIV. So I'm able to, this how I remember it. So this is the primary translation that I use. And we're reading out of 1 John chapter 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold up. Oh, oh, all right, all right. Well, well I guess people every time, even people that are right there, they're like, hold up. All right, 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. So this is what John, the apostle John, has heard from Jesus and has de- is declaring to the church, and we are declaring to you today. God is light. Say, God is light. In him there is no darkness. Say, no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. In other words, if we say we do something, but then we actually do another, we are lying not just to God, but to ourselves. Verse 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, a byproduct of that, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So by process of elimination, if you don't have fellowship with one another, you might not be walking in the light. And in order to walk in the light, as he is in the light, a byproduct is fellowship with one another, but it's also a key. To be able to walk in the light with God is to be able to have fellowship with one another. What keeps us from having fellowship with one another is this idea of we claim to do something, but we don't really So we lie to ourselves and do not live out the truth. And I want to be able to tackle that idea. What are some of those lies we've been believing today? And we're going to be talking about one of our core values. It's my favorite core value in this church. And it's we live unapologetically authentic in this church. This is who we are. This is we. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you'd speak through your servant today. Help me to get out of the way. And Holy Spirit, that you would speak to your people today, just the way that you spoke this message to me. God, so help me to deliver it just like you said it. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. As you're sitting down today, turn to your neighbor and ask him this question. Are you real? Are you real? Are you real? 
You lying? Are you real? I lie to my kids sometimes. And before you get too quick to judge me, you lie to your kids too. What were you guys doing in there? Taking a nap. For their benefit, I lie. Now we can laugh at that, but there's lies that we believe and we actually tell ourselves that not in an effort to make us laugh, but actually to dismiss our inadequacies. And we don't realize it, but the lies that we're saying to ourselves are actually causing us to live in bondage. It causes us to create walls that eventually create a prison in our lives. The lies we tell ourselves. What keeps us from living authentic? John 8.32, these are the words of Jesus. He says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Thank you. Thank you. The truth will set you what? Free. The truth will set you free. So you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the truth set you free, then a lie keeps you in bondage. Truth sets you free. Lies keep you in bondage. What type of lies are we believing today in this room? What lies do you believe about yourself, about who you are, who God has called you to be, that you never feel like you will measure up to be? 1 John 1.6 says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, what do we do? We lie and do not live out the truth. Because Jesus came to set the prisoner free. We know that from Luke chapter 4. To set the oppressed free, proclaim freedom to the prisoners. But what keeps us from living in freedom is the lies that we believe about who we are. And the thing is, is, we don't want people to know who we really are. So what we do is we project an image of what will be accepted by others to others. So we learn how to live a fake life. We learn how to live a certain type of person in order to be accepted. Say accepted. Because the opposite of being accepted would be rejected. Say rejected. And so we live this lie in an effort to not be rejected. So we show others what we want them to see, not necessarily who we really are. It's called projection, and it keeps us in bondage. Going back to that verse in John chapter 8, 32, as Jesus says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Jews' response to these, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, responded to Jesus and answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? They have lived a lie for so long that now they believe it to be the truth. Take a moment to remember Israel's history. Do you remember Egypt? We've never been slaves to everyone. We've never been slaves. Do you remember Babylon? That was only like 600 years ago. Like, currently, they are captive by Rome. They're being held captive by Rome. They are a client state of Rome. We've never been prisoners to anyone. What kind of lies are they believing about themselves that now become the truth? What kind of lies are you believing about yourself and your current circumstance about where you are in life, where you are in your marriage, where you are in your mental state that don't line up with his truth? And as long as we start to create those lies, we start to project this side of us that we want people to accept because to be able to share the part of me that I don't want anyone to see carries the possibility of being rejected. Now I can choose to either live free or live a lie that causes me to live in bondage. 
What the Jews were experiencing here was a, a, a state of mind known as, known as selective memory. That I only remember certain things about my life. And if we were really honest, we actually tend to remember the bad things about ourselves rather than the good things. I'm never going to be good enough to do this. There's no way I can do that. Instead of noticing the things that you actually really are good at, you highlight the things that you don't think you are good at. It's, it's a lie that you start to believe and it becomes your identity. And what it'll do is actually, as we project this side of us that we want other people to, do, to see, it'll inhibit us from having true connectedness. Because to be connected means to be known. And to be known carries the possibility of people finding out that I am who I really think I am. And that's either not good enough, not smart enough, I'm weird, I'm not funny, I'm not energetic, I'm, I'm not perfect, I'm full of sin, I have things that I hide and I keep to myself because I don't want to be rejected. So you have this choice when you share the truth to either be, write this down today, either accepted or rejected. That's the fact. I can share things with other people and I can either be accepted by them or rejected by them. And I would rather live a fake self in an effort to be accepted than to live a true self and be rejected. It's called projection in your life where you reject yourself before you ever share with anyone. And you live a life saying, like, no one cares about me. So I'm never going to be able to care about anyone else because I don't even care about myself. I'm projecting myself to other people. So when I open up, I've already told myself that I'm going to be rejected. So what does that do? That causes me to close down. And I believe a lie about other people, and I believe a lie about myself. So that keeps me from ever opening up. Romans 1.25 says that the people of God exchange the truth about God. Not even just the people of God. People in general exchange the truth about God for a lie. And worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. This was talking about things that they wanted instead of God. And in our lives, there are things that we identify with that God has set us free from. And we believe the past, a former us, more than we believe the future us that God is transforming us into. And we think, who would trade a perfectly good truth for a lie? But we do it all the time. All the, we do it all the time. There are lies that we've told ourselves for so long that they, now they feel true. And even more true, more truth than the truth does. We say things like, I'm never going to change. And I want to be able to give you the key today to know how to bring change in your life. If you're writing down notes today, this is what we're talking about when you talk about living unapologetically authentic. We have to bring it to the light. Bring it to the light. Write that down today. Bring it to the light. We got to bring those things that we don't want anyone to see to the light. Why? Because John 3.20 says this. It says, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. John 3.20 is shortly after John 3.16. Show of hands, how many of y'all know what John 3.16 is? It's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's John 3.16. Shortly after that, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go in it, near it, for fear that their sins will be exposed. What are you being afraid of having exposed in your life? Can I tell you, the very thing that you're afraid of coming out is actually the very thing that's keeping you bound. And don't be surprised if the keys are coming up. That doesn't mean we're almost done. This is just what I believe God was really trying to get. All of that was just an intro just to get to this point. 
The thing in your life that you feel like, I don't want it to come out, is the very thing that's keeping you bound. The thing in your life that you don't want to come out is the thing that's keeping you from connecting with one another. You know, when you're going around thinking that people reject you, secretly, you might feel rejected. When you feel like no one cares about you, deep down, you might not actually care about yourself. Because this is what happens, and, and I'm trying to set you free today. And in order to be set free, you have to expose some of the lies. And that's my job as a preacher. i got to be able to share truth. And sometimes it can be hard because truth confronts lies. And sometimes it can feel like we're attacking. I'm attacking you because if the lie becomes our identity, it feels like the preacher's attacking you. And that's not my case. That's not what I'm doing today. But the Bible says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword to divide between bone and marrow. And that's what happens when lies get confronted with truth. It feels like a sword penetrating to our innermost being. And that's my goal here today is to be able to unravel some of the lies that we believed. See, what we do is we try to present this side of us that we want people to see in an effort to be accepted. It's called projection. I'm projecting. I'm giving a hologram of who I want the world to see. Because if people really knew what I did on the weekends, if people really knew what I did late at night when I'm alone by myself, then they might not accept me. But really what I'm doing by myself is really just, it's a byproduct of what I feel about myself. So I run to alcohol because it numbs the pain. Or I go to drugs because it numbs the pain. Or I go to pornography because I don't feel loved and I don't feel accepted or I feel like insufficient. So I run to these things and God, if people really knew. But as a church, we got to understand that everything that we see on the outward is really just a sign of an inward struggle. See, because we can go around and we can try to put bandages on behavior as a church and say, you got to do this, and you got to dress like this, and you got to talk like this. You can't cuss. I know people that cuss without even saying a cuss word. Because cussing's in the heart. And I know people that cuss, and they ain't cussing. I know this person, he encountered Jesus. His life got turned around. He's like, dude, I feel so free. I feel all the signs of encountering the Holy Spirit. I just feel so light. And he just says this out. He goes, I effing love Jesus. That was his way of describing how much he loved Jesus. And I knew right then and there, the Holy Spirit just reveals, see, you can cuss without cussing. Because it's just a word. Cursing happens in the heart. Right? Because you can go and, and you can say, man, that Hoover Dam down there in Nevada. And some people will be like, ah, it's a word. But know that everything that you see on the outside is really just a fruit of an inward insufficiency. So you go around, you tell yourself why you're rejected, why they didn't text you back. Well, it's because they don't care. And what I found out is as I'm projecting things to other people, well, I'm just going to overly care for a bunch of people to make up for the things that people don't really care. I'm still projecting. So I'm just really friendly because I'm frustrated that other people aren't friendly. I'm still projecting. Rather than going, what really is in my heart that I feel I need validation from this person? They can reject me if they want. They can choose to overlook me if they want. What in my heart is seeking affirmation from others? Is there a need in me that I haven't fully been met by God? Is there a need that God, that God the Father has spoken over me that I'm trying to get through people? And so I'm trying to find my value that is assessed through others. I'm trying to find my value in other people's eyes. But if I took a moment to realize 
that it's not about someone else's eyes. It's about God's eyes that matters. It's what does God look at? Me. I don't have to seek validation or approval from others because I've already been validated. I've already been accepted. I've already been approved. So I don't need to post stuff to prove stuff. I don't need to go and say things so that I can give this projection of who I am. And so this effort of projecting this idea of who I am really just comes from an insufficiency in me. And to be able to have the awareness, man, I feel like I'm overlooked all the time. God, what is it about me that makes me feel like I'm overlooked? To be able to go to a brother and sister in honesty and say, hey, I'm really struggling with the idea that I feel like no one cares. Rather than just saying, no one cares. Okay, but get this. When we project a fake self to other people, it's only a matter of time before who I am really comes out. So if I project this idea of, I'm really outgoing, I'm really friendly, I'm really, whatever it is, you, you know your fake self, and there's some people that it's the opposite, right? So you know your fake self, and you know your real self. And if your real self is wounded, and it feels overlooked constantly, and it feels rejected constantly, it's only a matter of time before you actually project that onto other people, rather than just projecting the side of you you actually project the broken side of you. And if you have a healed and whole side that actually reflects Christ, you actually project the love of Christ onto people. So your identity starts to try to identify other people. And if it's unhealthy, and I see myself trying to identify the unhealthy things in other people, it might be because there's some things that have not been identified in my life. So when you catch yourself saying, man, they don't care about me. No one's reaching out to me. So rather than own to the fact that I'm not reaching out to anyone else, I would rather say that no one's reaching out to me. I like self-pity. It's my Snuggie. It feels good. No one cares about me. No one's reaching out to me. No one loves me. If I just took a moment and I just asked myself, who am I caring for? Why do I feel like no one's... Because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm really searching for validation from a certain person. And I completely overlook the people that do care. The people that do reach out. But because I don't get the one that I want, I completely reject the others. Because I myself feel rejected. And so when you're going through your life, you're trying to find validation from others. What good is that going to serve you? Because if you're living by their validation, you're going to die by their criticism. But if I know who I am in Christ, and I know who I am in God's eyes, not only do I not project my insufficiencies on other people, I actually project what they really need, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory, onto a world that so desperately needs it. So back to John 3.20, all who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear that their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that what they are, they are doing, what God wants. So what I do is I, I hide behind these things and I project this. Project this. I'm the church person. Uh, I'm the prayer. And so if we're talking about living authentic, being authentic Christians, 
living unapologetically authentic, it starts on this pulpit. You guys have seen, like, some of the most hardest things that I can do is share with you my life, right? And some of the most best feedback, Pastor, that blessed me so much. You mean me telling you that I didn't pray yesterday? That blessed you? Because there's room for your humanity. And I don't want you guys to aspire to be the person with the mic. Yeah, there should be a level of above reproach, especially when it comes to leadership, especially when it comes to this platform. But there's also a level of humanity as well. We're not talking about living in outright sin, but we are talking about, yeah, I came to group on Wednesday, and they're like, everyone read their Bible plan today? And I was like, I didn't. <laughs> Did you read the Bible today? I mean, I, I listened to a little bit, but no. I had one of the guys in my group, he, he goes, okay, pastor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. There's days when I don't pray. Are I real honest, because we're unapologetically authentic? Sometimes there's weeks where I've gone without reading my Bible. I remember some dark times in my life where I had gone months, if not a whole year, I remember I didn't pick up my Bible once. There's times in my life where it's really hard not to go to church, or really hard to go to church, and my wife and I, we just made a conviction. There's never been a time in our life where we haven't gone to church, but there's been plenty of times in our lives where we didn't want to go to church. But we made the choice, right? We shared it with some friends, really don't want to go to church, and they're able to say, well, how come? What is really going on in you? I remember sometimes it's like, well, the people just don't care. Really. Who have you taken a moment to care for in the church that God has placed you a member of? Right? Because as I found, as I give, I also receive. That's why serving is so important and being a city changer is so important because I'm not a consumer. I'm a contributor. And I find out that I find fulfillment actually when I give because if I lose my life for his sake, I will find it. But if I seek to find my life, my life, I will lose it, right? That's why it's so important that you're not just seeking about what you can get, but about what you can give. So in an effort to keep myself base, keep my appearances up, what I do is I put up a front, okay? And this is what will happen. When you put up this front, it'll eventually create a wall. The wall keeps you from receiving. So no wonder you're dry. No wonder you feel empty at times. No wonder you, because you've put up a wall because you've never shown your true self. And it's only a matter of time before that wall actually creates a stronghold around your life. And it's a barrier that needs to be broken in Jesus' name. And it only is broken through honesty to let that wall down and say, this is what's really going on inside. This is what's really going on in my life. Because you can only suffer in silence for so long before you quit. And it becomes too heavy. But God has given the solution to the church. He says to bear with one another. People can't bear with us because we're always holding the things that hurt us, the things that happened to us, some of us that were out of our control. And to be able to share with someone, maybe there's nothing you can do about it. You can't do about that loss. You can't do anything about that hurt. It happened years ago, 20, 25, 23 years ago. It happened. But to be able to share that with another brother or another sister that can help carry it with you, I'm talking about freedom. You know why we're unapologetically authentic? Because we want to live free at My City Church. We want to live free, not fake. Write that down. You're taking notes. We don't do fake. I remember this guy at church, and it was a while ago, and he said this comment to me. He says, man, all the people at church are just fake. And I remember, like, pushing back on that, and I said, 
I don't necessarily think that's true. Like, why do you think everyone's fake? It's like no one ever really, like, opens up with me. Okay. And I just pondered that for a little bit. I tried my best to help, and I didn't realize until a few months later he married a girl in the church, and then he just stopped going to church and found out that he was putting on a front in order to get a girl, stopped going to church. They ended up getting divorced a year later. And I remember thinking about that comment. I remember thinking, why did he think that everyone was fake when he actually was fake? Because what you hide, you actually eventually project onto others. What you're holding on to, you project. I didn't realize he was living a double life. And so if we don't ever deal with it, it's only a matter of time before it ruins all of our relationships. To be able to let it out, to be able to share, so we don't do fake. And here's the thing, when someone's real with you, to be able to be a person that someone else can confide in, hey man, I feel like I've been going to the bar too much. Can you help me? Oh bro, do you know that drunkenness is a sin? Yeah, that's why he's coming to you. (laughs) Hey bro, I was up a little bit too late last night and I looked at some things I shouldn't have looked at. Well, don't you know sexual immorality is a sin? It's like, yeah, that's why he's coming to you. So what we do is, okay, well, all I'm getting is I'm just told I'm wrong, and I already think I'm wrong when I do these things. So rather than thinking I'm wrong, I'm just going to believe that I'm wrong. And how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Doing great. Just don't open my door. Don't see what's going on deep inside. And you got to give someone access to your life. I'm not saying you're going up on the pulpit and you're just giving your testimony. Yeah, last night I, no. Like, you got to have someone in your life that you're confiding in because that thing will kill you. We're not joking around with sin. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't play around with it. you got to bring it to the light because it will kill you. It will. I don't know who needs to hear this and why I have to keep saying it. It is there to destroy your life, your marriage, your parenting, your life. It's trying to kill you. The devil's behind it, and he's trying to kill everything that God has for you. So we don't play around with it. We don't dilly-dally in it. So we bring it to the light. And this is the last thing, really, that I'm, I say last thing, but it's like one of the last things that I'm, I'm going to get. So I don't share because I'm afraid of I might be accepted or rejected. And the idea is that that word is really past tense. And I've, I've pre-decided what could happen. And I haven't even shared it yet, but I've already said it's, I'm either going to be accepted or rejected and and I feel like what the Holy Spirit wants to say is that that's a, that's, the ED is added on the end of it because it's past tense. And if you took a moment not to live in what could be and calling it what it will be and saying, I'm going to be rejected. If you just took a moment and actually known that you're already accepted by Christ, you don't have to worry if you're rejected by man. Because if I'm accepted by Christ and I share it with man and man rejects me, Man is rejecting someone that Christ has accepted. Now, I'm not saying I'm accepted because I'm going to continue to live in sin. I'm saying I'm bringing it to the light, and I know it's wrong, and I need help. So I'm not going to live in past tense before it even happens. I'm going to live in past tense and what he's already done for me and who he's already called me to be, my God identity. It's not what I do, but it's what God has called me to be. I didn't play this game where it's just about putting on this fake self. And don't get me wrong, I have my proclivities and I have people that I confide in as well. 
husbands, wives, your spouse, to be able to confide in them when you're feeling down, when you're feeling short. Wives, he's probably not angry. He could be fearful. That was one of my things that I did, and I would outburst in anger all the time at, during construction, and I, I used to work construction. I used to put in windows, and I found myself just getting so mad, and it, it was this revelation that really set me free. And some of the guys that have worked with me would be like, yep, I remember that time when, when Eli lost it um, multiple times. It's okay. God's working the new creation. <laughs> but the, it came from a lie that I believed. So my action came from a lie that I believed. My outburst of anger came from a lie that I believed. And it wasn't that, well, you need to, brother, you need to not be angry anymore. Thanks, bro. When it comes over me, I don't know what comes over me. It's like, well, you got a spirit. It's like, no, I actually believed a lie. And it was the lie that I worked for my dad. It was a lie that my dad actually wasn't happy with me. Because I would get mad when things would take longer than what they were supposed to. And I would think, he is not happy with my performance. He's not happy with me. So I get mad at this object because I'm really fearful that my dad's disappointed. So to be able to unpack the lies that I believe, all you're really doing is an outworking of something deeper that's going on. And if you can share what you're doing to someone, they might be able to help you get to the root of it. If someone shares something with you, it doesn't help just to say, you know, the Bible says don't get angry and your anger don't sin. Oh, I was sinning all right. That doesn't help. But to be able to go, hey, bro, like, tell me, like, what's going on in your head when, when you're, like, angry? Oh, I'm just mad. Like, nothing's going right. Nothing's working. And, well, if I really got down to it, it was usually after I got a phone call from my dad asking me how much longer it's going to take. And it took a revelation from my dad to be able to set me free from my anger. Because he asked me, how come you get angry all the time? And I said, Dad, I feel like you're disappointed in me and I don't work fast enough when you call me. He says, son, I'm not calling you to see when you're going to get done and think you're not working fast enough. I know I asked, when are you going to get done? But I'm really calling to just see if maybe we can do another job. If not, we can do it tomorrow. I'm not thinking that you don't got it figured out. I'm not thinking that you're not going to be able to get it done. I'm proud of you. And I think you're doing a great job. And it took that revelation to set me free from my anger. And get this, I still feel that lie from the devil come back up. Not nearly as much as it used to, but it still comes up. So you were rejected as a kid. That's why no one ever accepts you now. So your dad was an alcoholic. That's why you're an alcoholic. Your mom struggled with this and found all of her identity in men. That's why you have to as well. So that devil will come generationally. You'll come through different lies that you've partnered with, some that you haven't even mentioned in your life, but your generations before you have partnered with. And the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is here to be able to set people free. So I'm not going to partner in what I was. I'm going to partner in what God has set over me. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is a new, new in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. Okay, so it's here and the old is gone. It's a process, though. And so for us, the church, to know that there's room for your humanity... I am a new creation in Christ, but I'm still human. Ephesians 4.22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul's talking to the church. 
to put off the old self, which is being corrupted, which means you have to choose to continue to put it off. To keep walking in the light, you have to choose to keep walking in the light. Because I don't want to fear a painful exposure. What was the original sin? Adam and Eve's sin. What did they do? They hid. Because they were afraid what God would do. And the very thing that they were hiding from was the very thing that was there to help them. The very thing that you're hiding from, I don't know if I'm going to be rejected. Who cares? There's freedom on the other side of exposure. Colossians 3 says this. It says, put to death, therefore, verse 5, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. So we've all been there before. We cannot forget what we've been saved from and who we would be without Christ. Ever. Verse 8, but now you must put them away. Say, but now. You must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouths. Do not lie to one another. There it is. Bro, how you doing? Good. Like, how you really doing? Now, there's certain people you should confide in and certain people you shouldn't. Like, parents, you don't confide in your kids, but you own your mistakes. You lose your temper, you, I'm sorry. You do something that you shouldn't, I'm sorry. You got to show your humanity to your kids. I'm not confiding in them. I'll confide in my spouse. I'll confide in a friend. Someone that can help carry that burden. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed. That's present tense. We're all on this journey together. In knowledge after the, after the image of its creator. Here there is neither nor Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Here it is, bearing with one another. And if one, of, if, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. So someone's wronged you. So quit saying that everyone else is going to wrong you. And projecting what had happened to you onto others. Not all men are like that. Not all churches are like that. Not all leaders are like that. So you got to stop projecting that onto other people. Verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's why you read your Bible, folks. Sometimes you only get a few verses, not at this church, but sometimes you only get a few verses on a Sunday. When you read whole passages, you get a full revelation. So we bear with one another. We don't lie to one another. So I want to encourage you today, bring it to the light. Don't be like John when he talks about they feared a painful exposure. Bring it to the light. You want freedom? Bring it to the light. If you don't, that thing is going to kill you. That struggle 
is a struggle because you're called to overcome it. And one of the greatest t- keys I can give you to overcome it is to bring it to the light. That's why we live unapologetically authentic. So this is who we are. We are confident in our God identity. Therefore, we choose to be transparent, knowing that our relationships only go as deep as our honesty. We don't do fake. We don't do fake. We live in freedom because we are unapologetically authentic. Let's stand to our feet. This is why it's so important to be a part of a group. So some of you guys, like, this is the best way you can have, you can find real connectedness. We're waiting for the other person to go first. You want them to be real with you? Guess what? You've got to be real with them. And sometimes what you want, you actually first has to give. You want someone to care for you? What do you got to do? You got to go and care for someone. And this is what happens. You don't really necessarily have someone step into your world and care for you. It actually lifts the veil off your eyes and you're able to see that people were caring for you all along. You want someone to return your text or whatever that means? Why, why are you looking for affirmation from them? Why are you finding your identity if they text you back or not? That doesn't matter, right? Maybe you return some text that you forgot. I'm thinking of one text message. This guy texted me yesterday. I, I remember just now. That's what happens in my brain. I opened it, I checked the link, and I forgot the reply. It happens. So stop projecting like, oh, these people don't care. This person doesn't care about me. Maybe they hit your link and they forgot to reply. Maybe they love you so much that they want an ample response and not just like, KK. Right? But I'm projecting that because I feel insufficient myself. I feel like I'm finding my identity, and I'm going to die by their criticism because I'm finding my identity in them. It's not about what they've said about you. It's about what God has said about you. So God has called you by name. You are his, right? You don't have to be what you've done. You are what he has spoken over you. So I want to be able to pray over this church today that we would find it in our God identity. We'd find our confidence in that. Lift your hands this morning and receive this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our church. God, I pray that we would no longer believe the lies of the devil that have been spoken over us. No, we would believe the truth of scripture that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus the old is gone and the new has come so I declare in Jesus mighty name all of the lies that we have partnered with are stuck here at the door they do not go with us out into the world they do not go with us but we lay it right now at the altar Jesus Christ we lay it that you would alter our lives any kind of lie that we partnered with on on who we believe that we are who we think that we are what we've walked in what has done was done to us, what has happened to us. God, we bring it to the light. We do not fear a painful exposure. God, but we confess our sins to one another that we may be healed. God, so I pray for courage. I pray for strength. God, that we would no longer hide the things that are killing us on the inside, but we would live unapologetically authentic. God, before each other and before you, walking in the light, having fellowship with one another. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our church. Lord, help us to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. 
If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.